Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. And welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Good, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris O'Brien and Big Daddy G, Garth Jackson. Garth, how are you this week, my friend? Very, very good. Very tired after the Easter weekend, but all good. And Chris, how the devil are you? How was NXT UK? <laughs> really fun. Um, those cheesy pasta chants, that was interesting. Actually, I was quite annoyed about that because it, it happened during a Joseph Connors match against Travis Banks, and I was like, "Okay, I am down with chanting cheesy pasta during a chat, uh, during a Joseph Connors match because Jesus fuck." But then they were chanting it during the Fatal Four Way because Travis Banks was in it. I was like, "Oh, cheesy pasta is somehow related to Travis Banks." <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I but don't yeah, know it's fun. anymore. I, I won't give away spoilers because, yeah, but. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, if any big spoilers you probably saw online, um, Pete Dunn versus Walter, oofed, oofed. <laughs> but then there was a six man, which also oofed. And Wild Boar was there, which is uh, I haven't seen him since 2016 in the Flash, so that was nice. <laughs> oofed, um, oofed indeed, oofed He's indeed. A beast. Um, so this week, lads, has been interesting. Uh, I think, to say the <laughs> least. The last two weeks since... Well, the last week, obviously, since we did the podcast, we've had... The last the, well, yeah. The last two rows, we've had the Superstar Shake-Up, which has seen some interesting back and forth Wasn't already. Wasn't about retcon? Yeah, there's complete retconning of storylines, and they've already transferred some people back, which makes me laugh. Um, we've also had, on top of that, we've had some New Japan shows. We've had another Impact as we get ready for Rebellion, which is this Sunday, the 28th of April. Look out for our predictions on Twitter. And we've also had, most importantly, for me at least, the announcement of what is going to be the most amazing best of the Super Juniors tournament. I don't think I'm exaggerating this, Chris. In history. Um, do you I think only, that that's an exaggeration? I, I only just glanced at the line. I only just glanced at the lineup before we came on because I've been completely removed from wrestling because of uni work for the last week. But oofed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's a lineup that makes you think, Jesus Christ! Now anybody that watches New Japan with any sort of regularity will know that the tournaments, even though they are exciting times 
can be a grind. And, you know, that's that's even including things like the G-Win, G1, sorry, which are, you know... The G-Win. The G-Win. The G-Win. <laughs> is, that, is that what Noah's going to call it once people clock onto the N1 thing? No, that's that's what I'm going to call myself now because my name is obviously Goodwin, so G-Win is sort of my cool, hip nickname. Um, and we <laughs> all... <laughs> and World Tag League are all slogs, but... Okay, Tag League is a massive slog. Tag League is fucking hard work. Um, if... If the Briscoes are slagging off your tag league, you know how much of a slog it is. Um, but on top when of that, your obviously... champions are going, you can't pay us enough to be in this tag league. You rest your case. Um, but this, you know, there are fantastic matchups. They haven't announced the blocks yet. That will obviously be done later on in the Dontaku Tour. But the 20 men, the 20 men this year have been announced, with the exception of one man, um, X, which I think we can both assume is going to be El Phantasma. It's um, jumping well, yeah, considering X is going to be teaming with Taji Shimori, it makes sense no, for I, it to I be... I meant in terms of, like, we have Raw and all that to talk about. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not announcing the names yet. We have got a lot to talk about before we even touch on New Japan or Impact. Now, this week, ladies and gentlemen, because we've got so much to talk about, I'm foregoing the Ring Rope Roundup. There'll be no music this week. I know. Oh, I know. I'm I'm sorry, guys. Um, it's just Hulk music starts playing. <laughs> just like, wah, wah, wah. Um, but even so, we've got so much to talk about now. <laughs> we're gonna start, and I think it's only right that we start with the WWE, who have just had their superstar shakeup, and then have had a couple of episodes since then. So, first of all. Let's go through the names that transferred brands. Now, these are the initial names. We'll go through the changes in a moment, but these are the initial names that have moved brands. So at the moment, jumping from SmackDown to Raw, we have got AJ Styles, The Miz, Ricochet, Alistair Black, <laughs> uh, Andrade, Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, the Usos, Naomi, EC3, Lacey Evans, Eric Young, Cedric Alexander. Now, there is a tag team, Chris and Garth, that I have missed out from that illustrious list. Very quickly, I thought EC3 was already on Raw. <laughs> that goes to show how much they've buried him. He wasn't really anyway, he was just floating around backstage. Yeah, the initial call-ups, so EC3, Lacey Evans, Heavy Machinery, and so on and so on, they sort of floated between the two brands until basically... They've had an experience. Yeah, exactly. They have had an experience. And speaking of experiences... <laughs> not... Apparently not happy about changing War Raiders... Sorry, War Machine to War Raiders in the first place. Um, upon their call-up, which in itself makes no fucking sense because they're the NXT Tag Team Champions and they don't bring the belts. Um, we now have, or we did have, the Viking Experience. Eric <laughs> and Ivar, the Viking Experience. Now, not in years has there been such an internet pushback to a name. Fucking hell. Like, and the, the what, what it sounds like has been quite fun. For example, I think it sounds like a chat at playing in a gay, in a gay bar. Like, hey, hey, I'll give you the Viking experience. <laughs> oh, 
Not, not just that, but God, I think it was you that retweeted that there is an actual place called the Viking Experience, and they had to put out a tweet to basically oh, it was say, New York. Yes, it's it York, was. Yeah. I've, be, I've been, I've been there. I've been to New York, <laughs> and they put a tweet out saying, "Look, we understand your how upset you are, but this actually has nothing to do with us." Yeah. Which is just brilliant. Jorvik, I think it's in, isn't it? And they um, said, um, was it, um, we guarantee you like the, the, the sort of true Viking experience. And next time you want to change your name, please consult us first or something <laughs> like that. They played it very, very cool. Now, initially, to say that this was received negatively was a massive understatement <laughs> to the point where videos cropped up on YouTube saying, with titles such as How the Viking Experience Prove That Vince Has Finally Lost It. And apparently this all stems from the fact that Vince doesn't like the word war. He finds war quite archaic, ignoring apparently that his flagship TV show was called Roar is War for God knows how long. Ignoring the Monday Night Wars that has built at basically every storyline for like five years after WCW closed down. Apparently does not matter, Chris. Apparently does not matter. Now, I understand there is a changing of times, but surely that means we're more accepting. Hopefully, I'm hoping people realise that professional wrestlers aren't advocating war because believe it or not ladies and gentlemen wrestling's not real oh i think lars sullivan will probably do it to get the to get those bites oh yeah probably more than likely um but (laughs) yes similar to the fabulous moolah rumble at wrestlemania i I think these are very different (laughs) Well, very different circumstances. They are, yes. At no point, at no point has there been allegations. But even so, due to fan so backlash, Hansen would be a scary pimp. Sorry. Jesus Christ, he would. The WWE have relented and have amended their name. It is no longer the Viking Experience. This week, they came out to absolutely bludgeon Lucha House Party under the name of the Viking Raiders, which is better. Um, still... it, doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like Vikings. It sounds like people who raid Vikings. It's just, it sounds, it's just an unnecessary change, isn't it, really? Why didn't they just drop the word Raw and just be the Raiders? That's it. Why didn't they just be called Hanson and Row? Yeah. Even because, that would be because better. Then the crowd would, because then they'd have to come out to Umbop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Nice. But see, with Hanson and Roe, they could just do the war chant, but shout Roe instead. Yes, Hanson would feel left <laughs> out, but he's a big boy. He'd be fine. Um. So, yeah, that was pretty much... Unfortunately, if you've done a shake-up of have, have your you superstars... Sorry. If you've done a shake-up of your superstars, and the main thing that comes out of your show is not the fact that AJ Styles has moved to Raw... It's the fact that you've renamed a person so badly that the internet cannot contain its fury. You know you're doing something wrong. Have you seen the photos from Rogue Wedding where Hanson's in the background? And I did feel quite sorry for him because he looked a bit left out. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, however, that wasn't all. Obviously, Raw had to send superstars to SmackDown. So these are the people that made their way from Raw to SmackDown. We had Heavy Machinery. Uh, Monday Night MILF, Mickey James. Uh, we had <laughs> Apollo Crews. Chad Gable, unfortunately breaking up Chad Gable and Robert Roode and that absolute beast of a pornographic moustache. 
Um, Buddy Murphy, Lars Sullivan, the pirate princess Carrie Sane, who apparently the best way to use her is to put her in a tag team with Asuka. To be fair, if if it keeps Asuka in NXT, I'm fine with that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Ember Moon, Bailey, who got a terrible reception to the point where backstage reports are that she had to be put into a room to calm down because she was (laughs) booed that heavily by the Montreal crowd. OWWE, how you fucked up Bailey. Um, Elias, the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor, the eagle-eared among you, will notice that I haven't said Samoa Joe's moved brands, so both mid-card titles are on SmackDown at the moment. And, of course, the biggest signing in SmackDown history, cleverly forgetting all the other drafts we've had, Roman Reigns. Um... One last person I did miss out um, was someone who was announced after SmackDown went off air. And I thought this was incredibly harsh because Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad has been separated from the Riot Squad and has been put to SmackDown. With oh, little, random. I know, with little to no fanfare whatsoever. Now, I don't understand the thought behind that because the Riot Squad would genuinely quite entertaining. I mean, I know they were effectively jobbers, which is, you know, upsetting, but even so, they are, you know, they were entertaining. Apparently, backstage reports are that Liv Morgan is seen as the more marketable one of the three, which is fucking ridiculous. Nothing against Liv Morgan. Because she's Alexa Bliss, but with pink hair and three inches tall. I'm sorry, but now you've got Liv Morgan and Carmella on the same fucking brand. They're the same person. Um, All in all, though, you know, aside from the fury about um, the Viking experience and, you know, aside from the fact that there was some ridiculous call-ups, we'll get to the ones that have changed already in a minute and the fact that SmackDown have now got all the championships. Um, who do you think won the Superstar Shaker? Raw. Raw Chris. one. Look at who SmackDown fucking got. They got fucking Lars Sullivan. Fucking, you might as well have sent over fucking Lacey Evans or something. Fucking meh. <laughs> SmackDown haven't got received the biggest star SmackDown received was fucking Balor and Bailey who got booed out of the building. Uh, Garth, do you agree with those sentiments or not? Um, possibly, but with the fact that Roman Reigns has gone over to SmackDown, probably means that Vince might give a shit about that. Which means it's probably going to ruin it. That's why SmackDown was so good, because know, Vince didn't I mean. give a fuck. So it means he's going to fuck it up. Can he just get Alzheimer's already? That's bad. <laughs> he probably um, already has. Well, true, yeah. Um, yeah, look, look of a booking. So, both of you think Raw. Um, okay. And the reason people are sent back to SmackDown. Okay. What about individual superstars? Do you think there is a superstar that has benefited more than others? No, I think everyone's fucked, to be honest. There's no point in being, <laughs> si- There's no point in being signed to WWE. There's no real point to anything in general because everything's going to end at some point. But like in this, in the grand scheme of like just WWE itself, I think everyone's sort of been fucked. Like, they, they should have asked more leads if they're going to fucking that hard. I mean... Fucking hell. AJ <laughs> <laughs> Styles, maybe? <laughs> I mean, AJ Styles in front of a bigger audience is a win for AJ Styles, but also but I don't trust Raw Booking. Until Raw Booking is good, I do not trust it. Okay. Um, for me, 
Um, you've got both Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander moving away from 205 Live, which has got to be a good thing. Um, especially for me, for Not Buddy for Murphy. To see Buddy Murphy against some of those superstars will be fantastic. But his thing, 205 has lost... Um, what, they've lost Kenta, they've lost Buddy, they've lost Cedric, they've lost Ali. Yeah. What time, uh, what, did Ali see where he was? Uh, yes, Mustafa Ali stayed where he was. They've also lost Noam Dar, don't forget. Oh yeah, but he's in NXT UK now. Yeah. Um, Gallagher actually turned... Um, fucking Jack Gallagher turned up in NXT UK. He's he's done it before, though. Yeah. I, he wasn't announced, but it was fucking great. So, no, no. I mean, 205 Live has taken a massive hit, obviously, but that's not to say that Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander won't still be on 205 Live. Well, I guess if they're still on SmackDown, they can just work double duty exactly exactly i mean i think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous that at the moment smackdown i've got both the ic and united states championships the rumor well not the rumor backstage reports say that samoa joe was apparently that flued up on the monday not this monday last monday he was that flued up that he couldn't actually speak so when ec3 got basically annihilated by braun Strowman, apparently that spot was supposed to be samoa joe Really? So, so it really would have been impact. I mean, to be yeah, exactly. As though that show isn't impact enough. There was something that said something ridiculous, like seven. There are seven X Impact champions <laughs> on Raw, not in WWE. Gaff? On Raw, Gaff joked about this a few week, a few months ago, and I was like, "Nah, we're on separate bands. It's not that obnoxious." Now it is pretty fucking obnoxious. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Raw and, is Impact, and Jeff Hardy still there, isn't he? Jeff Hardy's still there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he's not quite as coked up. Not quite. <laughs> um, I think we can safely assume I mean, assume he still gets that, quite high. Yeah, I think we can safely assume that Samoa Joe is going to be on Raw. It, it, it's got to... They've got to. If, if Finn Balor is on SmackDown, then we've got to We've got to assume Samoa Joe is going to be on Raw. Oh, oh there's a storyline where a Raw superstar becomes number one contender on some sort of crusade, which would be quite interesting. Well, I wonder if that's why they moved sort of, I don't know, Alistair Black over, back over. We moved him back over because SmackDown had no one and we don't like fun because Ricochet and Alistair Black are a good tag team and now they're individually fucked because Vince only sees a small person did, did move, and also um, a black person because he's a bit racist. Did they move um, Andrade back over as well? Yeah, they did, which is the only thing I'm happy about because <laughs> Andrade's like just my favourite. Yeah, so we've already had movement. Uh, so Andrade, Zelina Vega, and Alistair Black have all moved over. Basically, the whole uh, what the official line is that Andrade was moved back because Fox wants some manner of Hispanic representation on SmackDown. Um, obviously, Rey Mysterio oh, so has gone over to Del War. Excuse. Yeah, that's the idea. It's probably nothing to do at all with the fact that Charlotte, who is on SmackDown is dating him and apparently has quite a lot of pull in the WWE now. Um, but obviously, if Andrade moves over, Zelina Vega's going to move over, and WWE have a policy at the moment not to separate married couples, which means that Alistair Black, who is obviously married to Zelina Vega, isn't move, is moved back to Smack... Well, moved over to SmackDown. You, you, know, you know what? I like that policy, because <laughs> they used to be dick. They did couples. used to be dicks. They did used to be dicks about it. So that is something good that's come out of it. It's you. Th you'd think that they would think about shit like this before. 
pardon me, before they initiated a superstar shakeup. I think literally <clears throat> they played beer punk, and that's how. Like, have you ever seen how like progress picks um super strong style sixteen matches? No. Like they they do stupid shit. Like one year, um, they had people in a band draw wrestlers and then someone match them who don't who don't watch wrestling and that's how it did. Um, for last year they played vodka pong. Um, they should do. They should do something. You know, like they used to do where they had the with the t- with the tumbler. Yeah, the, something like that where. Like they used to do with I want to see negotiations because this clearly isn't meant to be random and kayfabe. I want to see negotiations between the two. Like I want to see trades negotiated like it's an actual fucking sport. Like, then like have Regal turn up going, these are my guys. What do you think? I think like if they did it like that, it would put so much more emphasis on de- both debuts and moves because because yeah. in kayfabe, both brands had fought and clawed. But for now, there's no actual general manager on either one. So it doesn't really fucking matter. Again, WWE don't think. They are the drunk Chris of the wrestling world. <laughs> and just fuck off WWE, apart from keep doing what you're doing to Bray Wyatt. Uh, Should we get into Bray another... Wyatt? I was <laughs> going to say, somebody who didn't move, who could be moving anyway, Miss Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, isn't that a story? Someone who has apparently thrown their toys completely out of the pram is Sasha Banks, who quite rightly has done this, considering her booking. So, opinions? Uh, Well, I I think she's sort of... Yes, I mean, at the end of the day, they are employees, but the fact that it came about, what, the the day of the show, you drop, you drop the titles, and we're splitting you up. That's if a stuff, fucking if stuff like this happened in a normal workplace, you would be very happy with that person quitting. Like, it, by the way, we're splitting you away from your team, and you, there's no championships in normal workplace, and you're losing your work laptop. Mm-hmm. You'd you'd be fucking you'd be fucking annoyed, and you'd quit. And like, I don't blame her for quitting if she just asked for her release in a non destructive way they would not listen to her because they're not they're not letting go of anyone right now through fears of moose to competitors so like literally cody basically put the fear of god in them and they can't do anything well this is one of the things that i know like people keep making that joke about aw being a t-shirt company at the moment but it's it's been good for the wrestlers where they've actually now got the balls to Go up and say, Look, no, exactly. If I'm, AE, I'm not happy. If AEW didn't exist right now, you would um, revival would be gone. Sasha would be easily gone. People, um, Luke Harper wouldn't have to ask for his release publicly in order to get it. They would just be the would still be sat there because they'd be scared of thinking. Well, if I leave, where am I going to go? I know, like, there's a handful of people who have done it, like people like Pac, but they've done it. Before the WWE, like, she, she's under contract. They have to pay her. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they don't pay her, they have to release her. That's ba- basically the situation they have here. Look what, done they did, di- look what they did with Neville. They let him happily sit on that contract for six months. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And when he came, he, he and he was just fucking lifting for six months. <laughs> He's fucking shredded now. And then but, he got the absolute hero's welcome when he came out. 
Yeah. Even though he's no, supposed to be a bad guy. You know what I'm thinking? Um, Shasha Banks is going to be released in six months. Cut, turn up in a random um, fed looking like fucking Shaniqua. <laughs> Shaniqua Banks. I'm very proud of that very, very, very niche reference in terms of wrestling. I just named Trump the fucking manager of the Bashams. <laughs> Do you know what, Chris? This is probably why you're on no booking committees. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, I mean, there is w- there's wild rumours now that WWE, again, are in a predicament where they can't really let talent go because of AEW's threat. Um, the you know indie scene is blossoming as all you know as it has been the last couple of years, so they're they're loath to let talents go. I've heard rumours that she's going to win money in the bank in order to keep her happy. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the fact that, you know, you make a scene so that you get what you want. I think, you know, you've got to have a certain amount of etiquette. Um, Like, how many years of shite booking and shite treatment has she had at this point? You say shite treatment, and I agree with you. Maybe not. Go on. Like, fucking... Like after, like she she was a massive deal when she came up. She was like the biggest deal out of the three that that they made out of. Then they went for the direction of Charlotte, which does make sense because she's very marketable and has the pedigree for the mainstream audience. But you, but they just dropped Sasha like a fucking brick as soon as they were done with her. She still headlined pay per views and stuff. She headlined no, but immediately after she started doing that because there was no one near Charlotte's level to be headlining with her. Like, Nikki Bella can fuck off. And Becky Lynch wasn't quite there at the time. Bailey wasn't quite there at the time. It had to be Sasha. And right after that, right as, as soon as Bailey and Nia Jax came up, they dropped her right down and she was jobbing to these people on pre-shows. I disagree with you. Um, I disagree with you for a couple of reasons, really. Um, we say that she's been mistreated her reigns have never been the best, but you can't call call someone who is a one-time NXT women's champion, a four-times Raw women's champion, a one-time women's tag team champion, someone who has been the first women, you know, part of the first women's match to headline a pay-per-view. Okay. You can't say that she has been mistreated. Yes, I agree with you. I don't say on paper, on paper, you can say that, but when you look at her reigns and it's like, yeah, they just put it on her and took her right off it. She was basically getting Russo booked so people that for a cheap pop because it, it's what we do with people who are like over with smarks when we're in smarky cities or there's a lot of smarks in town. Basically, we just have have Sasha win it and then have her lose it. It's just. But then uh, you can say that, Chris, about half the fucking roster. And, you know, yeah, it's and not I, just and Sasha I, Banks. And I, but I do. I'm that's I'm why I don't watch Joey. And that's why I and that's why I complain so much about WWE because the the way we book it leads to talent being unhappy. But then you know, do you go about it in the way Sasha Banks has gone about it? Do you go about it in the? I'm sorry, I love the revival. I think they are horrendously underused. I think they are one of the world's best tag teams. I don't agree with the way they've gone about it because if you look at someone like and again, yeah, I'm going to bring him up, Bray Wyatt. When did Bray Wyatt win his first championship? He came up in 2013 and he didn't win his first championship until 2017 and that was the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Like, But to bring 
but to bring that back around, that that can happen. But then again, as soon as White was done, they dropped him. But and you look at even if you look at someone like Zack Ryder, who always he keeps naturally building himself. They push him for a hot minute, but hot minute to appease people, then drop him. It's just how they operate, and it does lead to like anyone who's not at the tip top being unhappy. Like you, you, you hear a report all the time about different superstars being unhappy. The problem I have with was is with the model that WWE uses and the fact that it's it's a contract for X amount of time. You can't mm. leave within that unless they tell you to. So you can't just say, right, I want to quit because they'll just say no. They, they built a culture where this is the only way you can get their attention. Unless you can get out of it by some sort of, I don't know, bloody human rights issue saying I... I'm not being allowed to work because then they'll turn and say, well, you can work, but within our parameters, that's where this sort of, I don't know, if, say, the Revival and Sasha Banks will allowed to go to them and say, right, unless my booking improves, I'm leaving, and the WWE went, right, okay, well, we'll do this, but we're not going to just lay down and let you have it, fair enough, but I don't think she should be winning money in the bank, because if that's not the original plan, they shouldn't change. The plans just because someone spat their dummy out. Here's the thing: I doubt because it's WWE they've even decided who's winning Money in the Bank yet. And I, I it would. Shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a decider though. No, I do, I do, I do agree that both the revival, the way the revival and Sasha Banks have went about it, is not the ideal way to go about things. But at the same time, I feel the the way they like what Gaff said, the way WWE both structures their contracts and treats their talent, it's the only way to get their attention. And the fact that we know too much, like like this isn't stuff that's come out publicly, it's stuff that's come out through sort of Dave Meltzer or some other sort of dirt sheet. Yeah. Um but but it's not that... like Sasha Banks has come out and said, I've asked to leave. Whereas I mean Luke Harper did but he did it in a sort of... Luke Harper was very respectful. He like That's he wasn't I mean, like, yeah. I don't want more glory, but I think I've done all I can do in WWE. Yeah. That is how I think Sasha Banks should have dealt with it. Look at but how his... Goldust dealt with it. I mean, he is going to All Elite Wrestling, but he just sat, yeah. let his contract go out, said, thank you, WWE, released this really, really heartwarming speech about his time in WWE, and left. There's no... I, think, I imagine there's I animosity the diff- there, because it's WWE, I, but even I so... the difference is there is with Goldie. Um he he was not like he's sort of reached his peak about five years ago. Even so, like, there is an etiquette that needs to be followed, and I don't agree that Sasha Banks has followed that etiquette. It, As I, for I, what you I, said about Charlotte, Charlotte's a better wrestler. Char- Sorry. Charlotte is a better wrestler now, not at the time. No, I disagree. I no, think no, I think during I, I that think time it... when Sasha Banks and Charlotte had that feud throughout um, 2016, I think Charlotte was the better wrestler, and I think Charlotte is the better wrestler well, now. There were, there I think was a he bit just botchy gave... at times. But, <laughs> but Sasha Banks it... is botchy. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, Sasha Banks is botchy, but uh, the, when her she has okay, I'll put it this way: I think Sasha Banks has a better. Um, ceiling than Charlotte, but Charlotte is a more consistent worker. Mm. Like, just I think, for example, Sasha versus Bailey. Yeah, but that's that's the match that everyone goes back to on Sasha uh, with Sasha Banks. I know that she's had yeah, really really Sasha good matches, Becky, and I'm not saying I... that Sasha Banks is a bad worker. I'm not. She's a really really good wrestler. 
But you look at Charlotte, she had an outstanding match with Becky Lynch at Evolution. She had an outstanding match with Asuka at WrestleMania. She's had outstanding matches on the main roster. Can you name me three, four outstanding matches that Sasha Banks has had on the main roster that aren't with Charlotte? Here's the thing. She hasn't been given many opportunities to have outstanding matches. She's a four-times Raw Women's Champion. And you she can't kept say dropping that. them to fucking. She kept dropping them to Charlotte. She dropped it to like, Bliss once. But even so, name one person who can have an outstanding match with Bliss. Charlotte. <laughs> no, she didn't though. And again, I was very drunk by the time that match was on. Was that Never that mind. was Survivor Series 2017? Yeah, it was the same day as Fear and Loathing, so I went straight from that to Survivor Series. It was really fun, but um, yeah. I agree with you. Just to wrap this up, I agree with you that Sasha Banks deserves more than she's gotten. I do agree with you. I I, I know I I know you I do I, I do agree with you that it's not the best way of doing things, but like I think if she'd have went about it respectfully, would have blown smoke off her ass and continued. I think she's going down the route of you get more attention um, threatening someone with a hand grenade when you do with a telling off type well, thing. Apparently, apparently, she's been put on the garden and leave. Yeah. The, 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 the basically said, go away and and take a bit of time and then come back. See, I think the last time we tried this was with Pack, and then before that, Punk, and it didn't end well with us. Yeah, it certainly didn't. Moving on to something a little more, a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> My Bay. Hey kids. Bay Wyatt. <laughs> Bay Wyatt is back. Honestly. <laughs> The friendship is forever, Rob. The last the last two weeks with those teasers we had, obviously the buzzard first, and then we had the weird doll. And we were like, oh, fucking, fucking hell. Terrifying. What are they doing? And then Bray Wyatt enters into the Firefly Funhouse. And I watched it because I, di- I didn't stay up for Raw, because I never do. And I woke up this morning to Garth going, this is fucking brilliant, and had sent me a link to it. So I watched it, and I laughed my fucking head off. Basically, Bray Wyatt is some creepy-ass children's TV presenter who cuts up his own cardboard cutout with a chainsaw. He's... And there's loads of little bits where you can see him sort of unravel, and, you know, then he gets back all smiley and stuff. It's schizophrenia, and it looks... It's fucking excellent. This this is the best Bray Wyatt promo since NXT, in my opinion. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, there are, again, rumours that Bray Wyatt is pretty much in control of his creative. Good. (laughs) If he is in control of his creative, this is going to be absolutely fucking mint. This is going to be amazing. Um... I think they're giving both him and Sami Zayn the ball and they fucking ran with it. But again, Bray Wyatt is is given the ball because you ask anyone who is a locker room leader, the two names they come up with are, well, the three names are Roman Reigns, The Big Show, and Bray Wyatt. They're the locker room leaders. So, you know, Bray Wyatt has earned the respect to basically go, yeah, all right, we'll give you that. You want to do that? You go with it. What What I loved about it is the fact that he's still got that really sort of slack jaw southern drawl he has and it just sounds creepy as fuck but don't you think he's just an absolute wizard on the microphone oh yeah yeah like 
this is obvious. I mean, because he's sort of well known for loving like horror movies and all things sort of horror. This is sort of his, so his initial much his initial yeah. his initial gimmick in like NXT and SCW was like a Cape Fear thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. I just talk about this like I've actually seen Cape Fear, which I haven't. But <laughs> he's had he was given the whale on mercy, whale on mercy, sort of bequeathed the gimmick to him and said, "Why don't you run with mm. this?" And then he sort of just ran with that, and it got you know, it like slowly got different. The fact that he got that he got packed like um, Husky Harris chance speaks mm-hmm. volumes to his character. And that's thing, like even his first few months in the main roster, while there were some down points like. Kane coming in and destroying the White family randomly once a hell in the cell. Um, yep. He's just great. Like he he's always been when he's given a ball, he's always the most interesting thing on the show. I'll be interested uh, to see who he's been working with. Like you know, this might sound absolutely mental and stupid, but but something somebody like like Matt Hardy or someone I think could have been working with him on this because he's a f- bit crazy as well. I know with Matt Hardy, he was definitely somebody threw shit at the wall to see if it. Um, stuck. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Borash. Yeah, true. He did loads of stuff for the bass. I think that's he did. the. I think that's the thing I hate most about the fact we never got a proper Lesnar Wyatt feud was losing um, the opportunity for Wyatt to work for work a microphone with Paul Heyman. Yeah. Oh, that would. Because ima- imagine um, Paul Heyman working closely with Bray Wyatt. Oh my God. Like, see what Heyman did for Punk, who was, like, a great on the microphone, and you had Bray Wyatt, who perfected his character fucking five years ago. Oh, it'd have been magic. I can't wait to see where this goes. I was just going to say, we're raving about it now. In the next five weeks, you know, it could prove that it is the worst thing ever. I'm I'm trying to salvate in this, because it's very often something from... This very rare something from WWE excites me. The last time I was this excited about WWE was when Kevin Owens did the I Quit thing. Well, um, I'm in this back for next week. So you two might uh, not remember this, but there used to be a, a video board game called Atmosphere. <laughs> what? What a video board game like VHS. Yes. Um, <laughs> and slowly throughout the game, you you put the well, they did have a DVD version, but it was inferior. Um, you would put the, the, the it was like a sixty minute video, and you would play the game, and you would have all the lights off and. Intermittently, it would stop and say, sort of, stop the game, blah, blah, blah. And slowly, each time, he would sort of, he would be a bit more decrepit and degrade. I wonder if this is what's going to happen with this. Each week, it's going to get a little bit more creepy and fucked up. I've I've seen stuff like this. um, When DVDs were first to think, um, my Uncle John had the DVD of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and there was a mini game on it that was kind of like that. Fucking hell. It was scary. You'd go down like a mine shaft and like it would get darker and darker and eventually Snow White's dead and fucking... This explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of fucking DVDs were you shown in life? You were shown the Lion King version with all the poachers, weren't you? I don't actually like the Lion King. Okay. Anyway, back to (laughs) Rick. You don't like um, the Lion King. I didn't see it as a kid. So. You don't like the Lion King. Okay, I should put, I should put it another way. I don't like the Lion King as much as most people. I acknowledge it's a good movie. Genuinely, I 
for a start, I'm amazed you've seen it. <laughs> because for every Disney, film me or Garth it. reference you haven't fucking seen. If it's Disney, I've probably seen this. Have you seen Bolt? Yeah, I have seen Bolt, actually. <laughs> I bet that. You've seen The Goonies? Uh, what? Have you seen The Goonies, he said? Oh, I've seen like half The Goonies. The Goonies isn't Disney. I know it's not Disney, but Garth, you asked if I've seen The Goonies. No, I'm talking to Garth. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, but you know... <laughs> One podcast, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're just going to, like, barrage Chris with films. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? So, my, fr- my friend Hannah once set, um, tried to start a podcast with me because of how little films I've seen, and she was like, this is probably the only way you actually sit down and watch them. Because <laughs> you only point. sit down and watch... Because she was like, idea. you only sit down and watch things when you feel the need to, so I'm going to make you do it. I'm like, yeah, fine. That's, that's a good idea for a podcast, actually. Yeah, there get you your, go. Get your reaction. If we ever start Patreon... Well, I had, I, I had to, I had to edit and edit it, and I was already doing the Young Lion at the time, so I just didn't have the time. Just do like live watch alongs. You could do live <laughs> watch alongs. You could do live watch alongs. I like um, how we have basically having a production meeting on there right now. That is true. <laughs> um, anyway. The other thing to come out of Raw, um, we have the what presumably will be the main event of Money in the Bank, um, which is going to be the Universal Championship match between the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and the Challenger beating out Baron Corbin in a number one contendership match, thank fucking God, was AJ Styles. Now, If this wasn't on, if this wasn't on WWE, I'd be so excited. <laughs> my problem with this, don't get me wrong, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, what a fucking match. You know, they bummed a load too early. Oh my God, haven't they just? This could have been Mania 36's main event. This could have been the amazing climax, but now it's just an awkward puddle on someone's stomach. Even if, even if, it was the main event of SummerSlam. I I do not understand because there's absolutely no way that AJ's winning this. You know, Seth's only just gotten the belt. Seth's only just gotten the belt having beaten Brock Lesnar, which has been this storyline of no one can beat Brock. They're not going to have him beat Brock then lose to AJ in consecutive pay-per-views. Now, well, well, steps, steps in in between. Well, I, th- I, th- I think you have too much faith in WWE. Now, I know it sounds like I'm being negative. The match itself is going to be brilliant because AJ's a fantastic worker. Seth is a fantastic worker. And, and they both try, Shinsuke. Exactly, they both try. Now, am I right in thinking that Money in the Bank is May 19th? Sorry, Kane. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yes, it is May nineteenth. So they've got three weeks of build, four weeks of build. So fingers crossed, this could be a really, really good feud. I just, I think it could have been anyone else, and then save AJ. You know, because it but is such a brilliant, a, a good match, a brilliant match. Save it. There were six people vying for that spot, wasn't it? Like from what, from the video titles that I saw yes. in Seeking Out the Bray Wyatt segment. Who, was, who else was there apart from AJ and Corbin? Uh, Rey Mysterio, I believe, was there. Mysterio would have been good. Uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, Drew McIntyre. These are a lot of solid feuds. These are a lot of good, solid, full of feuds to um, to build up to AJ. I can't, I can't remember who Baron Corbin pinned. I think Samoa Joe <laughs> was in it as well. Oh, is, Drew, no. is Drew still on Raw? Uh, Raw? Yeah. Yeah. Shame. 
I don't understand why they've stuck him with Baron Corbin. I don't understand why the WWE is so hot on Baron Corbin in the first place. He's a fucking charisma vacuum. I th- I think they went to the UK, heard the Jeremy Corbyn chant, assumed it was about Baron Corbin. Just <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon going, oh, oh, Baron Corbin. <laughs> we'll make him a Labour politician. They'll love it. Um, <laughs> and then they get here and just half the place is booing them. Like, what's, went, what's went wrong? And then it's like, quick, do we have anyone called May? Um, I'll give you this for Baron Corbin, though. One of the best entrance themes. Um, I prefer the gold one. See, I don't. I like his old hey, one. See, his new one's a better song. Well, it's not new. It's like a year and a half old now. But it's like, well, yeah. His current, his current one's a better song, but not a better entrance song. Um. But also, fun fact is the last song Jim Johnson um composed before they released him. Really? Was that not CFOs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough then. Um, I think we should move away from WWE now. Um, because I've got a feeling we could talk about this all fucking podcast and considering there hasn't been a pay-per-view we've spoken about it for nearly 45 minutes so (laughs) we'll move on very briefly uh on to new japan um now new japan are on their wrestling dontaku tour at the moment obviously culminating on the 3rd and 4th of may at the wrestling dontaku shows in fukuoka um but we had a show in the middle of the road two shows the sengoku lord in nagoya which is a reference to samurais now this was an eight match card and we had two championship matches on this card and for all intents and purposes, it was a little bit of a hidden gem. You see these these shows that are sort of hidden on cards, you know, things like Kazuna Road, for example, and you assume, you you know, if you miss them, it's you're not really going to miss anything. But this had some decent matches. Um, now, Chris, you didn't watch this, and Garth, you haven't got time because you're busy decorating and subjecting <laughs> your your child to heights that he doesn't like on stepladders. Um, so... I'll just quickly run through it, and then you can sort of interject when you feel like it. The first match, we had Young Lions, Ren Narita, and Shota Umino going over Yuya Iyamura and Yotsu Suji with Ren How's Narita's... How's Umino and Narita looking? Um, Ren Narita looks genuinely like a strong wind to blow him over. Oh, dear. That's a problem a lot of the Young Lions have. Yes. Because um... it's mostly just cardio in the dojo, and like building a like, core strength, which doesn't lead to good looks which to be fair that's not what they're focusing on but still no exactly and he was the one who americanized mindset yeah he was the one who um hit umura with the his absolutely gorgeous bridging front suplex after seven minutes 37 seconds decent match it was very much focused on suji actually in his power as opposed to narita and umino which sort of surprised me considering narita and umino why they aren't already on excursion i don't know uh, but i can't imagine it'll be much longer before narita and umino are gone i imagine it would probably be during p1 season yeah i imagine so um Uimura sort of looked i wouldn't say the odd one out but i'd say he was the one that basically we it's didn't focus to look on like an odd one out in a, in a young line match. that's true that's like true. we could all just put on um fucking black underpants walking to a young line match and they probably wouldn't question it i think they probably would um <laughs> I, th- I think they might who are these three drunk losers will probably be the first question um i didn't specify we'd be drinking beforehand oh we would we absolutely would. I'm sorry, but I'm not going into any New Japan match and being chopped to shit sober. 
absolutely well, fucking we, not. We have very different definitions of a good time then. <laughs> we move on to the second match then. It was a 10-man tag with Jushin Thunder Liger, Toa Hanare, Tomoaki Homma, Yuji Nagata, and Satoshi Kojima taking on the Suzuki-Goon team of everyone bar Zack Sabre Jr., who, of course, is in the main event, with Taichi submitting Toa Hanare in 12 minutes and 15 seconds with a Saitai Jujiro. Now, I didn't see this, but 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Um, the main thing to come out of this, aside from the fact that Taichi gets a win as he goes up against Jeff Cobb, so to gain more momentum, is that we had a standoff between Liger and Suzuki. Now, on the Road 2 show on the 26th, maybe, I think, um, will be Jushin Lunger's... Uh, Jushin Lunger. Jushin Thunder <laughs> Liger. <laughs> Fuck's Sorry. sake! It sounds like a wrestling game hasn't quite got the rights to Jushin Liger's name. It sounds like what the Liger would be called in a in an old Fire Pro game. Yeah, it yeah. does. You know, like Pro Evo. AJ God. Spirals. <laughs> AJ Spirals. Um, so basically, Liger's thirtieth anniversary. The, sorry, Liger's thirtieth anniversary is coming up. And at the moment, there is no opponent announced. Now, Suzuki, after this stare down, went backstage and sort of called out Liger. And he says, I'm absolutely fine with that. But I'll tell you what, Suzuki, you lose and you have to quit. (laughs) Now, I didn't know I wanted a Jushin Liger versus Suzuki match. Mm -hmm. And now... I really want a Suzuki versus Liger match. I, I, I have very weird tingly feelings in various parts of my body right now. And I wish this was slightly wish this was about 10, 15 years ago, but still. Even so, this is going to be fantastic. They do work. Well, not similar styles. I mean, fucking <laughs> <laughs> Liger's uh, technical junior and Suzuki kills people. That's his style. But um, they both they both have MMA ah MMA background, so this could be good. But then again, we've seen what Suzuki does against some MMA fighters. Just, yeah, just kills them. sort of harkening back to their 2002 Pancrase fight, which admittedly wasn't great, but that is mainly because Liger was a late introduction as opposed to actual you know an actual competitor. I mean, I mean also he's he is he's, he's more limited than um you know looking at him because he did have a tumor back in like 97 yeah absolutely and to be fair liger is 463 years old so you know he's doing extremely well like he's just slightly younger than garth exactly exactly (laughs) believe he was the year below you in school when he got um Um, another entertaining part of this obviously before we move on was liger attempting to raise the arm of hanare and it was the, the arm that Hanare was nursing after having been strapped in the submission by Tai Chi, which was just which was just brilliant. Just his look of fucking hell, ow, just brilliant. Um, we then had a six man tag with Dragon Lee, Toriyano, and Togi Makabe defeating the team of Taiji Shimori and the Gorillas of Destiny in eight minutes and thirteen seconds. With Yano rolling up Tangaloa with a schoolboy. Absolutely, physically nothing to talk about in this match, apart from the fact that I'm really, really looking forward to the Dragon Lee versus Ishimori match on the 3rd of May. Can, can I assume it's um, the rating is, God, I miss Good Guy Tamatonga out of 10? Yes, 100%. Because... Honestly, Good Guy Tamatonga versus current Bray Wyatt. Yeah, because this genuinely mm-hmm. was a case of, oh, that Dragon Lee versus Ishimori exchange is interesting. 
and then the Gorillas of Destiny happened. That's literally what happened in this match. I'll give my ratings for the matches in a minute. Um, we then moved on to, aside from the championship matches, the only singles match on the card with Mikey Nichols going over Chase Owens with the abhorrently named Mikey Bomb in 8 minutes and 56 seconds. It's, a, it's an appropriate name because Mikey's been bombing. <laughs> Honestly, Chris, he, he this didn't have was the, he... so fucking slow. I've not seen a Mikey Nichols match that I, I've cared about. He's definitely a tag team wrestler, and like he's clearly missing Shane Thorne quite a lot. Like We're just looking over, it's raining in Japan, it's inexplicably raining wherever the fuck Shane Thorne is right now. And it's like that scene in Friends when Joey and Chandler... <laughs> yeah, with up. the rain window. <laughs> yeah, but um, just stop putting him in singles matches. <laughs> like, seriously. Um, he had a he had a pretty shite match against Okada, which I gave a 6 out of 10, which on reflection, I think might have been a bit generous. It's Okada's fault. Oh, no. Yeah, because Okada makes matches look much better than they actually are. Um, <laughs> um, no, with, like, he can just... I'm sick of him already. Like, He's he's like that toy you got for Christmas where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. He's an extra sketch where, like, in theory, this is quite... <laughs> in theory, this is quite cool and you could possibly have countless hours of fun with your Mikey Nichols extra sketch, but then you realise you can just go and... You can just basically do a square. And then, and then like, you see in other places, it's like, oh, God, you can do such good things with this. Why, why isn't this happening for me? But, oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> just I, I just had issues with it. Basically, I think this was some sort of number one contendership match for the US title because obviously they've announced two shows in Australia for Southern Showdown now. Um, and obviously, Michael Nichols is his hometown is America. Uh, sorry, Australia. So it makes sense for him to be challenging for the United States Championship. Say again, sorry? Oh, it's New Zealand. Mike Nichols. No, it's Australian. Okay. TM61 are both Australian. I just I was a symbol from New Zealand. I never pay attention to ring announcements. Um, no, I'm sure he's Australian. Just let me check because I might have just made a complete boo boo. No, Perth, Australia was born. Um, so yeah, basically, I imagine that was some sort of number one contendership match. However, if this is how he competes with Chase Owens, Chase Owens, by the way, who was fucking gassed after about seven minutes, um, <laughs> it just it was an enjoyable match. It was very slow, very lethargic. Even the bits that were supposed to look quick, like Mikey Nichols has got that sliding lariat. Ishii makes that look seamless, and he makes it look quick. A snap sliding lariat, almost. Mikey Nichols, it was slow, it was lethargic. Even Chase Owens hitting his final cut, it took ages to get into position. Just very, very slow, very, very boring, very lethargic. The only good thing was there was only eight minutes of it. Um, we then move on Eight to... minutes too much. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, the fifth match then was a 30-minute match between... Sorry, a 30-minute limit match. Didn't go 30 minutes, thank Christ, because Hikuleu was in it. Um, Taguchi and Goto, who I've missed taking on the Bullet Club team of Hikuleu and Jay White. Wait, you've missed Taguchi or Goto? Goto. I mean, it has. I haven't ranted in a long time. But then again, I said earlier that life is meaningless, but... Oh. That's true. You went all, you went all lovely and positive. Um <laughs> Goto went over Hikuleu with a GTR after 10 minutes and 57 seconds. This was a decent match. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'm quite looking forward to the Goto versus JY main event of Wrestling Hinokuni on Saturday. Um, 
Goto looked refreshed. You know, he did the bit with the clotheslines with Taguchi. He was the person being the coach. That was really entertaining. The fact that he managed to get Hikuleo up onto his shoulders was impressive in itself because Hikuleo was a big bloke. JY played his uh, part brilliantly. Taguchi was a bit left out, but do you know what? I'm fine with that. I enjoyed this match more than I should have done. Um, and I think... When Goto had his last meaningful match, which was probably the World Tag League final in December when he lost the Never Openweight Championship to Ibushi, we both said, Chris, that Goto needs time off because we've just been saturated with Goto. The amount yeah. of small, pithy, ultimately meaningless Never Openweight title reigns, you know, against people that he didn't work well with, like Elgin, just... We wanted him to take some time off, refresh. And I think genuinely, you know, he was in the Rumble at Main, at Wrestle Kingdom. He was in the Rumble at uh, the G1 Supercard. But we haven't seen a lot of him. And I think that's really helped. His last singles match was Cobb, wasn't it? Yes, at the at New Year Dash. Which was god-awful. And he randomly turned into Suzuki in the middle of it. I apologise. No, that was on a rising. <laughs> um, we then got a six-man tag. Uh, but sorry, a 10-man tag between Chaos Team of Rapongi 3K, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchika Okada taking on LIJ uh, with serial pin-eater Yoshihashi eating a Destino off Naito in 16 minutes and 31 seconds. I'm going to stop Sorry, he'll get a surprise win in the G1. <laughs> exactly. One surprise win. It'll be a really annoying one that stops someone really interesting getting through like evil. Um, no, after Yano, I think. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, but Yano's entertaining. Um, basically, this match can be summed up with fucking hell, I'm really looking forward to Ishii versus Evil. They literally got tagged in and just forearmed each other in the face for a full minute. It was brilliant. Every no time moves, I see some... just beat the shit out of each other. Every time I see someone like that, just like, I, 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 on the one hand, I'm enjoying it, but the other hand, it's like, oh, I miss Shibata. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Because that, that was sort of their thing. It's sort of like when if someone enters into a new relationship and makes that couple's song the same song as the last um, couple's song. It, I don't know. That analogy went away from me. <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it was Show versus Shingo and Ishii versus Evil. We had very, very little sort of, you know... Imagine this is the trailer to a film. This was very much a teaser trailer. We don't really have a lot uh, between Okada and Sonata. What there was, um, Okada dominated, and it's very, very obvious that Sonata isn't going to win. Um, but it was, you know, it was a decent, it was a fairly enjoyable match. Um, again, Ishii versus Evil. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a slugfest. I can't wait. Semi-main event, um, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match between the champion Juice Robinson and the challenger Bad Luck Farley, with Juice going over Bad Luck Farley in 17 minutes and 25 seconds with pulp friction. Chris, in a yes. couple of words, can you explain how you think this match went? Um, that's probably how I'd describe my feeling about the match. Just... Um, <laughs> Just this uneasy how, about yeah. the concept of this match. <laughs> this is how I'm going to sum it up to you. Bad Luck Farley can be carried to a serviceable match by a fantastic in-ring competitor, such as 
Kazuchika Okada. Juice Robinson is not Okada. It's like you don't even need to be fantastic with Farley because I mentioned before we came on, Makabe has had really good matches with Farley. And ba- basically, if you can hit hard, you can have a good match with Farley as well. Now, in in complete defense of Juice, he sold like an absolute motherfucker. And it yeah. was great. Now, Farley targeted the small of Juice Robinson's back, but that was all he did. He hit a very good spear, but apart from that, it was a very plodding match. Now, it does the victory does two things. It keeps bad luck Farley in a fairly prevalent position, although he did lose. And it does give Juice a credible win for his third successful defense of the championship. You know, Who's he had so far? Uh, he's had Beretta, he's had Chase Owens, and he's had Bad Luck Farley. Oh, uh, yeah. The Beretta match actually wasn't that bad. No, wait, no, I say that. I, d- I think I've seen a different match between the two, because that wasn't televised, was it? Because that was the US show. Uh, they've recently gone on to New Japan World. Have they? Shit. I believe so, yes. The Chase Owens match wasn't appalling. It was just, again, it was quite slow. This was just... It was, it, it was not as good as the one before, which I wasn't a fan of anyway. Exactly. It was No, their New Japan Cup match. It wasn't great. Yeah. And then this was just... Yeah, it was It was a Farley match. And I think that's all you need it, to it, it was before the dark world of New Japan matches. It was, which thankfully was followed up by the Infinity War of the Avengers franchise, of the Marvel franchise, I should say, because the main event was the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match with the champion Kota Ibushi going over Zack Sabre Jr. in 28 minutes and 58 seconds with a Kamagoye. Oh, what a match. <laughs> See, okay, here's the thing. We've uh, we've both mutually seen Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ibushi matches this year, but the other hasn't. We have, yes, that is true. That is true, because you raved about their New Japan Cup match. Yeah, I read about every match they have. They've never had like a less than 10 out of 10 for me. This was fucking great. This was really, really good. Everything they did, they tried to innovate. There was Zack Sabre Jr. selling for Kota Ibushi's strikes, trying to keep up with him, but not quite being able to. This whole storyline of Kota Ibushi holding the Intercontinental Championship, the title that his heroes have held, is such a refreshing change of pace to the two champions before, Naito and Jericho, who haven't given a shit about the belt. It's sort of hopefully it's going to bring that title back to prestige almost. Um, well, it never really lost prestige, but like it, it's been off TV. It was off TV for about think, six months. Honestly, in my opinion, I think don't get me wrong. I think Jericho winning it, fair enough. I think it did lose a little bit of prestige. We had one think, championship I, defense against Evil. I I think it's um, I to be honest, I don't think it lost prestige. I think it lost attention like you sort of forgot about it because it wasn't there mm, i okay like, like it's still it still had it still headlines pay-per-views it was still the co-headline at wrestle kingdom and it still could have comfortably headlined wrestle King- kingdom in a pinch yeah fair enough i think zach saber jr needs to win a championship soon i think he's ideally i would love I think to that's see the whole him. purpose of the rev pro right now isn't it <laughs> It, yeah, it's almost like a another championship. I think he will be a yeah, brilliant well, United in. States had, like, championship. Three championships, didn't he? He had like um, Repro, PWG, and Evolve, like up, right up his body. Zaki three belts. 
Yeah. <laughs> Rebelt wanker. Um, basically, this match was an absolute Matt classic. Everything they did was brilliant. Everything Sabre Jr. transitions into a submission looks amazing. His bridging suplexes look incredible. Ibushi is just a godsend in the fact that he's now signed basically a lifetime contract with New Japan. Oh, yeah, he said um, when I when I finish wrestling, uh, wrestling in New Japan is when I finish wrestling, basically. So I love him. I absolutely love him. <laughs> Um, but a really good match. So star ratings, um, Young Lion match, I'm giving five. Uh, the Liger Suzuki match, five. Um, the Most Violent Players and Dragon Lee versus the Bullet Club, four, because it was just boring. Mikey Nichols versus Chase Owens, I'm giving five. Um, Hikuleo, JY, Hiroki Goto and Taguchi, I'm giving six. Um, the 10-man tag between Chaos and IJ, I'm giving six. Um, Juice versus Farley, I'm giving five, and then Ibushi versus Zach, I'm giving nine. Um, I think that's a fair reflection. I think this is a bit of a hidden gem of a card, if I'm perfectly honest. I had some really, really good matches. I enjoyed the stuff between Liger and Suzuki. I enjoyed the main event. I enjoyed bits of uh, Chaos versus Lij, and I'm really pumped for some of the matches on Dentoku. So yeah. last year's for this event main event was Naito versus Suzuki, wasn't it? That was Hinokuni. Which is on Saturday. Oh, right. Um, and the headline of that is Goto versus Switchblade, which I don't hate. Um, so the last bit of New Japan news before Ooh. we uh, <laughs> before we let Garth talk about Impact for a bit is Lapsed. the announcement of the Best of Super Juniors twenty six. Can, can lineup. we take this picture by picture? Because the way I have it lined up here is of is a sort of perfect. <laughs> Um, escalation. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. Um, but... So, can, you mind if I run through? No, you go for it, man. <laughs> right, so first of all, so I'm just going to, tell you what, I'm going to ask you a quick blurb on what you think of a competitor when we go through. We'll make it quick so Gaff doesn't get fall asleep. So we have Taguchi. Okay, you know, is it, is this something like his Solid. 14th consecutive one? It's his 16th appearance. There we go. Um, so I'm fine. With, I'm I'm always fine with the. He's Viano of the best of super genius about being a spoiler. Yeah, relatively inoffensive. I have no issues with that. Uh huh. Um, Tiger Mask Four. Um. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I fucking hate. I'm sorry. I'm gonna rant for a second. I fucking hated him last year, delivering subpar matches and beating p- younger people. Fuck off. Right. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I don't mind him. Is it? It's his fourteenth year, isn't it? Or is it his twelfth? It's his eighteenth. Fucking the hell! Web, the website I'm reading off of, I think, might be counting like other tiger masks. Jesus, eighteenth straight year. Fucking hell! Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, fair it, enough. It might not just be under tiger mask. Like I don't know who. He, I forget who he was originally. Anyway, um, Rocky Romero making his return. Yeah, because he dropped out last year. Yeah, he was doing. He wasn't doing anything. He just was. He just because it was. They needed to ha- make room for Flip Gordon, I guess, or something. Um, yeah, I'm fine with this. He's not amazing. Like, like, so, like, where the block he's in is going to be a bit of a hindrance. But they spread out like him and Tiger Mask is fine. He just basically have one done in each one, and then Show, which just he he's just a perfect boy. <laughs> I love Show. Yep, can't go wrong with Show, and hopefully we will see him versus Shingo at some point. Probably not in the final. Um, because... Spoiling, spoiling 
continuation here. <laughs> yep, go on, sorry. Um, but no, I just say thing with Shingo. <laughs> just spoiling who else is there. Oh, okay. Um, Spoilers. I imagine, no. Let's carry on with your escalation and then we can do a quick prediction before we let Garth talk about impact. Yo. Okay, he's... Yeah, he's just he's just a smaller show. Yeah, he can... <laughs> no, he's not. He can't work like show does. Yo can fuck off. Um, well, Osprey. Unsurprising. I said this would happen. Yeah. I said... I, I, I called this from fucking Wrestle Kingdom. I, I'm a master of everything. But... Yeah, I'm at, I'm really happy about this being in there. Um, Taji Shimori. Obviously. Again, great worker, Oof. great pace, can't wait. Despy. Again, underrated, massively so. Oh, the match you had with Taka um, in last year's Best of Super Genius. Cannot wait. Cannot wait in, to see more of that. I, I should say Takahashi, not Taka Michinoku, who is the next person. You were always going to get Taka Michinoku. <laughs> always. You've got 20 really? people you've got to try and fill it out with. Yeah, like we don't have a very deep junior division right now. Uh, I f- I forgot he wrestled. To be completely honest, <laughs> is he not like fifty? Yes, he is quite old. He's very very old. <laughs> um, and also alleged, and also not liked in Japan because he cheated. Is it actually a fun fact? Is why people legitimately hate Tai Chi in Japan because he cheated on his wife. Um, I know what a dick. Um, Kanemaru. Okay. You know what? One of my favorite moments of the last year's Super Junior was him throwing young boys at Tiger Mask. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair it's, enough. It's, it's my favorite thing. Um, Bushi. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was the one that was sort of buried in that six in that ten man tag. The commentary team did not a lot to, you know, beef up Bushi. It was really, a case of that's not. That's... That's not been like they did that with Yoshihashi, but that's all fed into a story. I don't see what this feeds into. You sort of just fucking Sam Roberts, Roberting fucking Bushi here by the sounds of it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Fuck off, Kevin Kelly. Um, then we have Flip Gordon, who fucking still hasn't learned fundamentals if G1 Supercard is to be be a fucking basis. Look, he's had a year to grow. Let's hope that he's learned something. Okay, let's not base everything on his G1 Supercard match because that match was an absolute fucking car wreck. So, Haskins look good. <laughs> Haskins look good, but Haskins is good. Um, and Flip Gordon isn't, which is why I'm not too happy about this. We'll see. Um, he's, he reeks of, um, we need Ring of Honor representation and he's not big enough in Ring of Honor to be a detriment for losing him for a um, month for Super Genius. Fair enough. Let's see, who else anyway. we got? Um, we have Titan. Don't know a lot about him. I've seen him live. He's fucking great. Okay. That's going to be great um, then. Standard CM. It's standard CML guy, but fucking amazing. Let's... Marty. Marty Skirl. We said, we've back. called this. We called this on we, the G1 we, Supercard we, review. We, we are fucking geniuses, Rob. We are, Chris. We are fucking, fucking great. Fuck off, Dave Meltzer. We we just predict you. you. think you have the facts. We just pick this out of thin air with a Mewtwo of professional wrestling. We've won um, this fucking shit. Yeah, Meltzer. No. Um, Dragon, um, the current IWGP Junior Champion, Dragon Lee. Was always going to be in it. Well, obviously, but fucking. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very happy about this. Hopefully, yep. he doesn't break anyone's neck. Fingers um, crossed. Robbie Eagles. 
What do you think of Robbie Eagle so far? Uh, don't mind him at all. Thinks he's a good worker. Very loud. Very loud. Not the best look. He, he's okay. He do, he does look like he's sort of got pushed through garage on a um heavy metal night. To be honest, he sort of looks like your everyday backyard wrestler. On, on the photo I'm looking at here, he looks like he went to garage on a heavy metal night and they got caught in the toilet trying to get a blowjob from someone. That's a very, very specific thought on someone. <laughs> Which and it sounds like it's coming from experience. <laughs> we'll come back these, to that, Chris. These, these allegations are completely unfounded. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Gresham. Oh, thank God. Uh, yes. He can have it comedy just... matches against Taguchi. He can have amazing matches against the likes of Show, against the likes he of can... Shingo. It's going to be incredible. He can fly as well. He can fly with the Lucha Dogs with the best and with the best of them. So he's fucking. He's a great all rounder. He really New is. Japan do need to pick him up because well, he's not doing much in Ring of Honor, is he? Well, he was in yeah, the Rumble. He... Yeah, but like so many good people in the Rumble there, so. Well, yeah, fair enough. You know, but Billy Ray needed that spot on the main card. That um, is true, he certainly did. Bandita. Oh, yes. I can't wait. It's going to be has, incredible. Has any, has any junior gained more traction in the last year than Bandita? Like, since. What, as quickly as he did? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Because not. he went from, like, there to almost winning Bowler to just being signed by the second biggest company currently in America. And then just. Great stuff. And like it proves that him signing with Ring of Honor to get New Japan contacts has paid off. It's gonna suck for Ring of Honor when New Japan scout him like we did with Elgin, but oh well. Yeah. I'm sure Bandido takes sexual assault allegations seriously. Um Shingo. Probably going to win it or be in the final. Definitely in the yep. final. Is, Sh- is Shingo your pick? He's not my pick, no. Um, but I think he'll be in the final. And X. And X. Um, I mean, I think we can safely assume that's going to be El Fantasma. It's, it's, it's Fantasma. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Have you seen Fantasma, Gaff? Um, possibly. He's worked, he's, he works mostly with Red Pro and Defiant. In terms I'm of, not... like, bigger exposure. Yeah. The name rings a bell, but I can't, can't think of where I have seen him. He's pretty good. Um, tell you what, I, if you want watching, watch for Fatal 4 away with um, for actually, he's taking on Pack uh, the next big fight show. So anyway, so Rob, overall thoughts here. I think this is going to be an absolutely outstanding tournament. The best, best of the Super Juniors it's, in this history. Is the best lineup in a long time. It's the most consistent. Um, they've done well considering they've lost um, Hiromu. Yeah, they lost Hiromu, and they also lost ACH, who like was a very solid. Like he doesn't sound like a big loss, but he's immensely solid. Don't forget, uh, though, we did also think that they'd lost Skrull and Osprey. I, di- I didn't think they lost Osprey. You did think they'd lost Skrull, though. I, I, it wasn't that I thought they lost Skrull. I just forgot about him because he's not on New Japan TV. Um, I think he was mostly been in Ring of Honor because they, they have nothing to do with him right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is that, but, you know, you heard the reception you got on a Rising. And you heard yeah. the reception you got of the G1 Supercard. The man is over. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he turns up in AEW, but yeah. I'm glad <laughs> that he's got another bowler. Uh, sorry, I'm, another best of the Super Juniors. I'm really sad that he can't bring PCO along with him. I wish PCO was in best of Super Juniors. Just but, his bodyguard. Um, 
<laughs> no, I, d- I legitimately would be happy. I would not complain despite the ma- how big he is that if PCO turned up in Bester Super Genius. <laughs> so, Chris. Yes. Who's your pick? Hmm. Uh, okay, I have two picks. This doesn't count towards prediction, <laughs> Is one of them Osprey? Okay, no, I, I, actually, okay, no, I have three picks. One of them is Osprey. <laughs> You've got three picks. There's only 20 in the bloody tournament. Uh, I know, I've almost picked a quarter of a field. Um, Osprey. Yep. Because like, if he's in a tournament with juniors, he, he's always a safe pick. Yep. Um, my, I do slightly agree with Shingo looking at the lineup. Yep. Like, in terms of, like, the most interesting. But New Japan don't always go for the most interesting. They go for, like, the most built up, which I think Osprey and um, or Ishimori would be a great one. Like, actually, it depends if Ishimori beats. We'll see. But my main um, thing for this is I think now if this becomes true, I'm officially a wizard. Um, Ravenclaw, by the way. But I think Dragon Lee wins. Hiromo comes out to challenge him. You think Dragon Lee is going to win the best of the Super Juniors? Mm-hmm. despite the fact that he is already the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Basically, what you're saying is that we are going to have another fucking repeat of having to sit through a fucking tournament, just like the Junior Tag League, just like the World Tag League, where the tournament is rendered utterly mute because they're just going to insert someone at the end. Here's, here's the thing. I, I didn't yes or no? <laughs> yes quite. or no, Chris? Not quite. Right, let me, let me. Right. So what my thing is, um, if a challenge, it is, um, say if, a cha- if the champion wins, he picks his opponent. Dragon League, Dragon League picks Hiromi. Not seeing his reign as legitimate until he can beat his greatest rival. I think that's a great story and also provides for something a little bit different. I'm going Shingo. I do agree that I was Shingo or Osprey. Um, for like for my actual pick, I think Osprey is my actual pick, but. I think it will depend massively on the blocks and how things are broken yeah. up. Because I like, think they would be stupid. Yeah, are they? I mean, well, they're doing... Is the, I believe the final's at Sumo Hall this year. Yeah, which is brave, considering last time they tried to do Sumo Hall. Virginia. But you think now... I imagine on name value alone, they will probably be able to sell out Sumo Hall now. But you've got to have a big, big, big match as your main event it's, it's a shame they don't have um, Hiromu isn't here because oh, they would, they it, would sell it out if it was Hiromu versus anyone if it was Hiromu versus anyone they would sell it out exactly well to be fair I think that's why I think Osprey would definitely be in the finals just because he's the just with his like his flirtation with the heavyweight division he's sort of the most legitimate junior I think if you have Osprey and Shingo in the final you sell out that building I think you have Osprey and Ishimori in the final. I don't think they'll have Ishimori in the final again. Not two years in a row. And and don't forget, he's got his chance at Dontaku. True. That, true. That's the only reason I'm not choosing Ishimori, because I absolutely love him. But I don't think he's going to go there. I don't think they're going to go there. No. Um, who, would you, who, who do you most want to win? What, in my heart... Yeah, Bandido. Mm, see, in my heart, 
it's Gresham. I have a sh- it's I have a show because mm. oh <laughs> Gresham. It's either show because mm. Mm. <laughs> is that really what's just happened? Big boy. Uh, <laughs> okay, but no Gresham. Gresham is who I actually want in my heart because oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. Are you all right there, mate? Do you just need a minute? Just to, I'm a bit flustered. Just to dry yourself off. <laughs> Um, Garth, who would you like to see win the best of the Super Juniors? Um, I do like Jonathan Gresham. He is amazing. He is quality. But I do like Osprey as well. The man but, has come on so much in a year. I'm very scared that he just keeps hitting his elbow and just fucking destroys the entire team. <laughs> yeah, there is no junior division. Just like yeah. I think if he hits him like Yo or Taka with that elbow, the head would just fall off. I think Gresham. He's not. He won't win it, but I'd like to see him win it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we'll make it an official prediction. Once the <laughs> blocks are out, we'll find some way of making this an official prediction. We'll predict bro- block we winners predict- and things. Yeah. And we'll I predict orders. Better. I think I think it'll be interesting and we'll do some manner of that. I think it'll be nice and I think it'll be a way of getting through this tournament, even though I imagine um, this isn't going to be a chore. No. Um, can we disagree with not doing all of Tag League? <laughs> or just now? We do not no. need to talk about Tag League at the moment, mate. It's December. No, I, I know, but like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> we don't need to do that again. Um, Garth, you have sat yes. very quietly, like a good boy. Um, and for that... You may talk about impact. What is going on in the crazy ass world of impact wrestling, Garth? Well, it was um it was a very, very interesting and fun episode. We like um, crazy and fun. Nothing sort of nothing spectacular other than what maybe one sort of bit, but it was just solid and it was a good sort of sort of run up to the um pay-per-view coming up soon, so Rebellion. Okay. Um, but to start it all off, to be fair, like normally I don't really sort of mention it, but I had a really, really good sort of recap video from last week uh, where sort of Johnny Impact screwed over um, Brian Cage where Johnny Bravo, the referee, turned. And they, they made a big point of saying that Johnny Bravo had refed every Cage versus Impact match. So they're sort of playing on that as to why Cage memories have been screwed out of wins and things like that. So it's all tying into this story, which I thought was really, really well done. Um, so hats off to them for actually planning stuff. <laughs> Take note, WWE. <laughs> um, but here, here's something that is maybe going to be surprising, but I'm sort of starting to like Scarlet Bordeaux. Um, and by this, do you like mean as in an in-ring competitor or sexually? Yes. No, no. I mean she's, she looks like a she looks like a prostitute. But, um... <laughs> so, so yeah, so but you did, you could have just said yes, girl. <laughs> um, but she she had a match. <laughs> she's teamed up. She's teamed up with I should, I, We we do not condone the what the words of Dar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> So she teamed up with Falabar, um, and I actually like what they're doing. They're just a comedy couple because I don't know if I mentioned it, but KM has been let go. Um, yeah, I've seen this. Why? Uh, 
I don't know. I just I don't know if they've just not <laughs> renewed contracts. But yeah, he's out and uh, Scarlet's in as part of the the Faller team. So they had a match with um, the Desi Fala Shit Squad. Yeah. Faller Bra. Um, it was an alright match, but she definitely sh- shown some good chops. I mean, little chops and in-ring chops. Um, <laughs> I was about to ask. Uh, but it was a fun match. Um, there's a bit where she she did a sort of stink face on uh, one of the Desi Hit squad, and then the other one jumped in the corner and went, me, 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 do me. Um, <laughs> and he was sort of puckering up, so she says, close your eyes. And then Falabar did it. It was quite fun. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, that reminds me of, there was a point in IC- You know Lana Austin? Yes. She she turned up in ICW. Um and like she she just pulled the rest of the corner going, You have to pat me down. So he's about yeah. to do it. And then she put him into the corner going, Should I pat him down? And he was like, Yes. And this referee was like, He's not a referee, he's a very naughty boy. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. It was alright. I mean, they got the win they have some sort of move where uh Scholar Bordeaux jumps on Faller's back and then he does the bonsai drop. <laughs> so it's like a double bonsai. Surely that must hurt her. <laughs> Exactly, but it was it was fun. It was just daft, and every now and then, uh, Falabar would stop and do her sort of tune, and the crowd would join in. The crowd was it was a sellout crowd, and it was quite a decent sort of crowd. And was this filmed over many a weekend? It was. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was from before then. I was about about to say because it was filmed over many a weekend, and if it was in the same place, it's fucking night to be stand. The cameras must be awful. It was um well, especially before Eli Drake was let go. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the card. Um, then we had like a sort of another skit with the Deaners who were due to come in next week. Can you uh, um, can you do your impression? Nah. Come on, give <laughs> the people. <laughs> um, give the people what they want, mate. But it, 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 give it, Rob the, what he wants. They looked funny. It was quite a funny skit that did like an eighties montage training style thing. Um, interesting to see like what they do. Rocky. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know anything about them, but they might be decent. Um, next up, we had a really, really good match between Moose and um, Des from the Rascals, because Moose is week by week going through the the Rascals because he likes beating them up apparently. Um, and Moose came out again looking like a million dollars in his Ric Flair type robe. Um, gorgeous George, I think. Uh, one of the te- um, I think it was Josh Matthews sort of said he looked like gorgeous George. <laughs> um, Retro. But but Moose just kept picking Des up and chucking him around. But then um, Des hits him. I can't remember what he hit him with, but you hear you hear Moose shout, you "Almost knocked out my damn tooth, Des." That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way he says it. Like he's so shocked. How dare you hit me? Um, then he picks him up and like sort of lone darts him into the ten box. Nearly takes his head off. Um. It was really good. Moose sort of just basically roughs him up. Um, and then he's out, outside the ring and Des goes to do a sort of flip Hurricane Rana over the, the rope. And Moose just catches him in a powerbomb and then just sort of swings him into the steps and absolutely smashes him into the steel steps. Then picks him up again and throws him onto the other two rascals. It's quite a good sort of sequence. Moose is so strong. Like what's impressive, he's done that um, swing around spot because he normally does it to the barricade, doesn't he? Yeah. But he's done back to Joe Coffey. Jeez. Like he just chucked this guy around like he was yeah, like he was just like a doll. And um but yeah, um Des kicks out of uh 
one of Moose's clotheslines. Moose gets dis- uh, distracted and then um, Des gets a roll up for the win. Decent, they got a decent time. I think it was something like fifteen minutes or something like that. It was decent length. Nice. Um, but it was good. And, like Moose is so good. Like I've always thought he was good in the ring, but these three matches that he's been having with them really shows he's actually quite technically sound. Um, so now I'm interested to see what happens next because I have a feeling that he's going to sort of set up some sort of handicap where he takes them all on, which would be quite funny. I'd love that. Um, yeah. Um, because sort of killer crosses seem to sort of distance himself from Moose now, so he's not on the in the picture. Um, yeah, I think that's probably best though. We had a shitty little bit with Kira and uh, Rosemary where Rosemary just choked her with a chain. That was a bit shit. Um, and then we had Moose uh, kicking off backstage after getting beat. Uh, he just kept saying, uh, "Whoever's in the sort of production truck, find that footage and delete it." Um, he says, "Because <laughs> he's like, there's no way Moose loses loses live on TV." He's like, "Why aren't they suspended? They ganged up on me. Suspend them now." <laughs> and he's like, "You want to gang up on Moose?" He's like, two can play that game." So he's definitely getting something settled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, it, if this brings back Killer Cross to the Moose World, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, and then we had the GWN match of the week. Yay! And I watched it all, and it was a really, really good match. Like, talk, we talk about the women's revolution now. We talk about um, sort, of, sort of Sasha and. Sort of Charlotte and all them, and the, there's a match here. It was um, Orson Common versus Gail Kim from Final Resolution 2008, and it is up there as good as, or if that, not better than most of the, the matches that they've had in this last year. Now, audience, um, very quickly, this may seem like a great point from Gaff, but he does make it every time we bring up women's wrestling in the group. He does. <laughs> I'm just saying though, like this, this sort of predated all of this shit by. A good decade, um, Ooh, we and they were doing stuff. Kim. I know. To be fair, <laughs> it's more. It's more awesome. Kong, who's amazing. Um, she's really class, and like up, up in the crowd, throwing each other through sort of walls. Um, D- awesome. Kong got DQ because she power bombs a couple of referees. Obviously, um, yeah, it's a really good match. Um, I enjoyed it all, and it made us want to sort of earmark some more of that stuff. You talk about women's wrestling in 2008, Gaff, but little do you know of the 90s and Joshi wrestling in Japan. I know, but I only had like five channels back then. I, I, I was about to say, <laughs> I, I, little do you know, you probably you probably do know more about that than I do. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was it was good to actually get a match that I wanted to watch on the uh, network. <laughs> like finally, it's not AJ Styles versus Kerry Man. Yeah, or yeah, like it's actually it was actually a really good match. And then we come on to next to Bray Wyatt, my favourite piece of wrestling bit this week, and it was uh, Tessa, oh, the legend. Fucking love Tessa. <laughs> did you have you see? Did you see it? I did. The video. You made me. Oh you, my god! Didn't you so send it to the group? group. Yeah, I probably it's, did. It's, yeah. It's actually quite funny because I'm ever so slightly outside the Tessa love. Like, while well, I really like her, these two just splooge over her every time. Oh, she's she's fucking just it. fucking brilliant. It's just. She's she's playing the part, and whereas she's not really sort of doing it kayfabe wise, 
when she's in character and she's doing this stuff, it's fucking so believable. Yeah. She just comes across as this brat um, where she's she does a promo, she's in front of this, because I thought, this is fucking stupid. She's getting interviewed in front of a noisy restaurant and you can't really hear what she's saying, Poppy. But then she just then it turns out it's Gail's husband, who's a celebrity chef. It's his restaurant and she's going to go and trash the place. Love it. <laughs> and it's just where she goes in and it's like sort of... Uh, the the first point she makes is uh, Gail Kim, who's best known for screwing celebrity chef. <laughs> <laughs> when she Nothing walked in, did she walk in with like a baseball bat with that theme from Reservoir Dogs playing? <laughs> it's well, you know what she doesn't ding, like have ding, a baseball bat. It's sort of like that. It's like just she just goes and starts taking the piss out of people, and then um, she just starts shouting, "Robert, Robert." Yep. Do you think by Bound for Glory this feud goes on that long that it's going to be a mixed tag team match between Gail Kim and her husband versus Tessa Blanchard and Gordon Ramsay? Tessa Blanchard and her dad. <laughs> no, just Tessa Blanchard and Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> you could have a great thing. It's like, Gordon Ramsay, what should you never do? Raw! <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, can we just take a moment to appreciate that Chris has actually seen um, Reservoir Dogs for a minute, please? I haven't. I just never saw it. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Pop culture reference. God's <laughs> sake, man. <laughs> you were so proud of me for a split second. I was. I'm writing all this, sh- I'm writing all this sh- shit down I, for Chris, that, Chris Watch. Chris Watch I've seen, I've seen um, Lego Movie 2 in the cinema a few weeks ago. You're the worst kind of human. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, was really, it was adorable, though. It's such a cute movie. I love it. It makes sure. me feel happy inside. Please, Sorry. for the love of all that's holy, Garth, carry on. Um, so, anyway, Tessa is uh, running amok. The, there's some sort of weirdo who's obviously there waiting for a date. And he's, he says, you must be Jessica. And she just gets up. She looks at them with absolute disgust and just chucks water in his face. And then she eats someone's chicken and spits it out. You she picks must up this be... guy's piece of chicken and gobs it. Oh, love it. I'm sorry, but you must be Jessica. How do you go in the day and not know who the person looks like? I d- a blind date still blind really a date, thing. Maybe. I was about to say, is that still really a thing? The best like, like she goes in today's day and age, I would not trust anyone I've never seen. Yeah, but would you trust the pictures that they're showing you? Have you never heard <laughs> no. of Catfish? <laughs> I'm a botanist. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> I have no idea you what that set means. Them off. <laughs> It's a band. You'd like them, actually. You would like them, actually. <laughs> very, very, and painfully indie, actually. But anyway, Garth, anyway, please carry on. Yeah. The best, <laughs> the best part of this whole bit was where she fires somebody. It's like, where do you get the power to fire somebody? <laughs> <laughs> where she, she says, "Oh, are those, was it? Are those um, knives and forks clean?" This sort of dishwasher guy is like, "Yeah." She just throws them on the floor. He says, now, you, now get out, you're fired. He's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> and then she just covers the chef in soup and shit and just, aye. That sounds just sort of says, Gail, this is getting personal. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it comes to Gail, Gail, sort of Gail came backstage at the arena and she's like, yeah, we're not going to press charges. I'm just going to beat her up in a match. <laughs> Like, okay, logic. <sighs> this, is, this is like when fucking Randy Orton was physically assaulting people outside of competition. And then yeah. they, were, they were like, are, are we going to press charges? Now we're just going to have a competition. With yeah, I'm going to have a fight. But um, Gail Kim, honestly, whoever she's had work done by, 
No, she's, she's, a, forward with them. She, she's a fucking cat lady, isn't she? Yeah, she's heading that way like it's awful. Like, I have a feeling you could, like, melt her down and turn, like, the entirety of her into a Lego set. <laughs> like, she she doesn't need an action... She doesn't need an action figure mold because her face is the actual mold. It's really... It is getting pretty, sort of, horrendous. But, uh... Anyway, after that, we had a match which was eh, pretty shit. Um... <laughs> Because it has analysis, it's brilliant. It's because it has Tommy Dreamer was in it, and it's like, why does Tommy Dreamer keep coming back? <laughs> All he did in this match, he got beat up by that Madman Fulton. He sort of got roughed up, and then he goes outside and he got a bottle of water off somebody in the crowd and hit him with it. Um, and basically, Fulton does the end of days on Dreamer. Um, it was, it was average. Um, after that, there was a beatdown on Dreamer with OVE. Willie Mack comes out for the save. They beat him up. Rich Swan comes out for the save. Um, they beat him up. Sammy gives him a pilot driver. And then they smash Tommy Dreamer's arm in with a chair and a bat, some baseball bat. So, yeah, it's leading up to, I think, a sort of six-man tag with Dreamer, uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Against OVA, that's what it looks like anyway. Nice. Um, that's because I don't know, like they need to get Madman Fulton on, and I don't know. I've been impressed with him so far. He's, he's all right, but then again, he's been against Tommy Bloody Dreamer. <laughs> it's fucking dreadful. Um, it's Tommy, Richard... I think Tommy Dreamer might be his folly. I, I just, think so. He, he, he peaked in like 1999. Okay, but no, he's not. It's Farley. He's um our. He's his Takamichi Noki. But but Taka can still move. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> <laughs> um. Then we had a pretty good match. A pretty good match. A pretty good skit backstage with uh, Rich and Willie basically backstage. Uh, Rich is I've got your back. Blah blah blah. Rich walks away and then Killer Cross comes over. <laughs> And honestly, it just comes from ca- the side of Camus is Willie. Are you hearing the music yet? And it's just like, what? <laughs> basically, it's like, he's, <laughs> and then, and I did generally laugh out loud because really, Max says, listen, he is slender, slender man looking bastard. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck? If I was to, the thing is, if I was to design a wrestling character for me, it would probably end up being just like Killer Cross. It's brilliant. And then, just um, going up to people asking random questions. And then, like, Willie Mack continues. He's like, you've got Miss Walk around here like someone's uncle that wasn't invited to the party, but he came anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, he says, and then he starts saying, did you check out this potato salad? He's like, anyway, Killer Cross. He's like, if, he's like, you want to sort of settle this? We'll settle it in the ring. So next week, it's Killer Cross and Willie Mack. Which finally get Killer Cross on the card. Um, but Killer Cross just sort of, and then he, and he says, uh, "See you later, son." To Killer Cross and Killer Cross, you just call me son. <laughs> and it's just this like sort of confused look at Killer Cross is walking around with it at the minute. It's like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something. Just... He had a match. Uh, um, Bloodsport did Killer Cross. It was actually he... really good. Yeah, I think he's really good. Like he's. Like he fit in, and like Bloodsport's like a shoot style event. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's from he that sort again, of background, isn't he? Yeah, he. Hang on, I don't know anything about Killer Cross. Oh no, he was against David Boy Smith Junior. Not 
senior. He's dead. Holy uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, I think he does come from like a sort of um, like a boxing background or something. Yeah. She's good. But um, then we had uh, Madison Rain ugh, versus um, Tyre Valkyrie. Um, Tyre came down and just basically says, I'm not wrestling. <laughs> Get to the microphone. I'm not going to wrestle in front of you. She just sort of slits the Canadian fans. Um, she walks out the ring uh, and then Jordan Grace runs down, grabs her, chucks her back in the ring. Uh, Madison Ring gets another roll-up win. Totally fucking pointless. Um, they might as well have just had like some sort of skip between Tyre and Jordan Grace because they're going to be facing each other at um, Rebellion. Rebellion, yeah. Um, which would be decent because since Tyre's turned heel, our matches have been much better. She seems to work that sort of dirty style much better. Oh, she's been she's was been a heel basically her whole time in Lucha Underground. So. Yeah, so I'm quite looking forward to that match. But um, this was pointless. Madison Reigns pointless. Um, <laughs> Josh Matthews then, doesn't agree. Yeah, true. Uh, and kids, then we don't you know? Oh, I know. Do they? Yeah, the it was the entire times... thing. Oh my god. Um, I didn't. Know, I I actually didn't know they, they had. I don't watch Impact, uh, but I didn't know they had kids. The amount of times they mentioned how legendary she was and how many titles she'd won and stuff. It's like shut up. Because Josh Matthews looks six. <laughs> Still, um, and then we go uh, at home with Johnny Impact, <laughs> sitting by his pool, while the referee that he's paid off is cleaning his pool behind him. <laughs> <laughs> It was a really sort of awkward promo, but you could sort of see what Cage was going for. Not Cage, uh, Impact, but it was like, he just kept, you could see why he was pausing to remember what he was supposed to be saying. Sounds like an Impact promo. He's, yeah, he's, he's never saying, been a good promo, though, has he? We've always said that. Nah. The only but, time he's been good is in Leech Underground, because we just edit out all the pauses. This, I mean, this is okay. I mean, he's, he's heel, so he's, he's obviously, he's everything he's saying, he's quite sort of schneid about it, and he says, uh, Cage is an amazing athlete. He can do everything, almost everything I can do except think. And he's just he's sort of hitting home how like Cage is just this big dumb muscle guy. And um, and then he sort of he says, "I've got I've got Johnny Bravo here cleaning my pool. He does anything I tell him to. He's like, and I can get to anyone. I can get to Brian's mom, his girlfriend, anybody I want to. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> what are you gonna do to them? I'm, and then and then I really he's sort of, I really hope it. <laughs> Sorry. And then he just sort of says, uh, uh, Johnny Cage is out there doing all this stuff, sort of uh, pleasing all the marks. He says he just doesn't understand what this business is about. And then he sort of says, and that's why he's not going to win, because he can't think. And he just keeps on hitting home this thing about Brian Cage is so dumb. So You know the, yeah. you know the basic the guy he had in Lucha Underground who like, idolised him mm-hmm. and then like eventually changed his name because he also wanted to be a Munda? <laughs> um, the weirdest thing about Lucha Underground, which is great, but uh, yeah, I kind of hope they bring him in. <laughs> really? That would be great. You'll probably just do that with this ref. You'll change his name from. No, uh, that's why I was reminding. Uh, that's why I said it because this was uh, reminding me about sort of thing. Because um, it would just be like the rest of the worldwide underground, which is like Jack Hyde and PJ Black, whatever. No. And um, <laughs> they. He'd be do, doing whatever we're gonna do, and um, he'd be like, "Can I come, guys?" He's like, "Nah, just, just take our bags to the car." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, uh, it does look like they're sort of heading that way where they've got to clean the pool when really you should have been at impact refereeing matches. It's a good um, point. That is what you're paid for. What are you doing? Well, I mean, Johnny Impact keeps making the point. He's like, I got to the senior referee. I can get at anybody. And it's just like, okay. It's as bad as when that knockout referee was taking sex bribes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Madison Rain. Her best moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, like, sort of straight after this, we had uh, Brian Cage comes down and, um, inverted commas, assaults Don Callis. Basically, he picks him up and Don Callis just so, like, oversells it so much. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, yeah, I'm just the announcer. I'm just... And he sort of just, like, Brian Cage like, sort of puts him down. So Don Callis, like, dives back onto the chairs, takes, like, the fall. <laughs> so he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it's so good, though, because he's. Obviously, like selling the fact that he's like this sort of old man, like he's only he's only there to commentate. He doesn't want to be roughed up and stuff. And then um, he sort of he, he rings Scott Demore, and he's like, I'm, he's warning him sort of that meathead uh, Brian Cage is coming. Brian Cage turns up. He's gonna sort sort roughing up Scott Demore, and then out of nowhere, I've never seen anything announced or anything. Fucking Lance Storm just turns up. He, if I may like, be serious for a moment. And he's like, well, he's like, come on, Brian, let's have a bit of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, be professional about this. <laughs> and then it's like, fuck's sake. And then Scott like, yeah. in he's the like, world. And he's like, there's a plan. Uh, Lance Storm, Mr. Integrity, is going to referee your match with um, sort of Johnny Impact. So there we go. Special guest referee for the. That's the most landstorm thing I've ever heard. He just turns up. It's like, wait, can we all just calm down? Can everybody be professional? <laughs> I was like, because I didn't recognize him at first. I was like, is that fucking landstorm? And then obviously he had his landstorm academy T-shirt on. So I was like, yeah, it's landstorm. It's still bit, like, do you follow landstorm on Twitter? Yep. He's like, he just keeps asking random wrestling questions. It's like when we want to get up engagement, so we ask the audience a question. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like that with him, except he has no one to market to. <laughs> It's weird because he stopped doing all the podcasts and stuff. Yeah, because he's not very compelling to um, listen to. I don't know. He was, I always thought he was good to listen because his actual wrestling brain. He's really good at wrestling. So works like he's his, good at at, at just, when it comes to storylines. No, <laughs> no, no. Like some of the ideas that he had when he was with Don Callis, like the, the work really well. So he, he's had decent ideas, but like he's not. Like, if and he the, ran a promotion, it wouldn't be all that sustainable. Nah. The fact that he keeps training people who go on to do good things is, is obviously a testament to him. Um, but no, that, that that was sort of good. I had a bit, bit Didn't of he have his retirement that. match against um, Mike Canellis? Did he? Yeah, in Ring of Honor. I don't know. Um, the headline for this? <laughs> uh, Eli and Eddie versus Lucha Brothers. It was good, really good. Eli and Eddie sort of keep keeping up pace with the Lucha Brothers, who looked amazing. I love their new um, sort of entrance gear, the sort of samurai stuff. Um, I mean, I think I've I think they've used it before, but they brought it back. It's really good. Um, but now really good stuff. Phoenix was doing this obvious crazy shit. Uh, really good stuff. Um, and then LEX get involved <clears throat> as expected. Uh, Penta gets distracted, and Eli. So almost gets the roll up on him. Uh, Eli tries to hit him with a cane, misses it, and then the Luchas get the win with the spike power driver, which I love that move. It's one of the best um, 
team moves out there. I love it. Um, is that the one where he um, gets in the package and then the sort of coup de grace to his ass? Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love it. Looks, I mean, any sort of pile driver looks brutal, but looks really good. Um, imagine that over burn. Oh no, I was about to say imagine that over burning hammer. That's a bit strong style. <laughs> I mean, this was a good match, a decent match, and like it's just a, such a shame not to have let Eli Drake go, like, or he's been fired even because this match showed that he can actually work really like with a variety of people. Because obviously, Phoenix is the high flyer, and um, sort of Penn is more sort of ground and pound, but yeah, it's such a shame. And um, but now that sort of LAX. I'll have a sort of fight with um, the Lucha Brothers. They take it backstage. Then it goes back to the ring and it's Eli sort of with Eddie looking all disappointed because they don't get the number one contenders match. And then Eli just turns on Eddie and just smashes him with a kendo stick and then smashes him across the face with a kendo stick uh, while he's lying on the floor. Um, looked pretty nasty, to be fair. And then Eli sort of walks away with the kendo stick sort of stroking it as if he became sort of infatuated by it, which, yeah, they can drop that, so <laughs> don't want to see sort of crazy Eli Drake. Um, what, for the two more weeks he's on TV? Well, exactly, yeah. So I, like guessing... if, I like thought they might have fired him just because we were like, oh, we booked ourselves into a corner here. Just fire him. <laughs> see it, yeah. So I wonder if they're going to sort of write him off somewhere with a crazy sort of thing, but no, it, was a, it was a decent show. Um, Eli Drake has died. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Bit of a sloppy ending, but it, it was it was fun. The the, the Tessa sort of bit being the standout, um, and Moose being great as ever. But yeah, good show. Brilliant. So, are <laughs> we looking forward to Rebellion, Garth? Yeah, yeah, we looking forward to it. Yeah. Brilliant. So that will be round. That'll be the next round of our pay per view pickums. Don't forget, you can always check our pay per view predictions out on our website and on Twitter, and the results of all the ones gone past on the pay per view pickums tab on the website. Uh, we'll have those up for you on, let's say Saturday, because at the moment there's only five matches announced for Rebellion, and I imagine yeah. after Impact on Friday they will probably announce some more. So we'll have them for you on. Um, on Saturday. I think that's probably fair, isn't it, guys? So now we move on to our wrestling match of the week. Chris, can I guess what yours is? Is it going to be Wall versus Pete Dunne? It's, it's maybe. But there was another one that's a contender, but that's sort of a spoiler for what happened at TakeOver. Not at TakeOver. It wasn't. Imagine a TakeOver at Glasgow. Oofed. Anyway, um, yeah, because it was... It, it, it was very similar to their Brooklyn match. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say now I'm not on par with their Brooklyn match, but like it's Walter versus Pete Dunne, curiously put on in the middle of the card for the live attendance, which hmm. is weird. Like the headline was because um, of young veterans versus um, Kenny Williams and mystery opponent. It, it, it's, it, it, they wanted Scottish people on the card. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, it was super, super good. Um, I don't want to give away anything because it's not out yet. It will probably be out next week. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So I'd, I'd recommend you. I'd recommend you watch it. There's only like two matches on that card, I think. No, there's three. Is there three? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. And can I guess yours? Go on. Then what's mine? 
is it Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Ibushi? Of course it is. It was just such a good match. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was really enjoyable. And there's no point where you watch these two wrestle where you don't enjoy yourself. So, yes, of course it's that. Of course it's oh, no, that. Jim, apparently Jim Cornette just can't watch Ibushi. Well, Jim Cornette can suck a big, fat dick. Don't threaten him with a good time. <laughs> um, Garth, what is... Um, Continue not only really watch Impact, uh, I'm going to go for Moose versus Dez. So it was a fun match. A uh, little bit of story progression and that fucking bit where Moose grabbed him, smashed him into the steps and threw him into the other two was just sweet. You did love that bit, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. So there are wrestling matches of the week. Please go and check them out. They are all really, really good. Um, apparently, we'll wait and see if Chris is very good. Um, he's not <laughs> going to tell us who won, because obviously, spoilers. But oh, okay. I'll happily tell you who won off of the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I know who won, Chris. I know. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, that is... Know who won, hit me up on Twitter. Hit Chris up on Twitter. And what's the Twitter handle, Chris? Just... just... Um... I, I fucking, I, I'm gonna change it for next week because <laughs> <laughs> this bit, I, this bit genuinely gives me anxiety because you're gonna shout at me how about my Twitter handle. Is. I love your so, Twitter handle. What is your Twitter no, you, handle at the moment, Chris? It's it's Candy Chris ninety seven. That's such a nice Twitter handle, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That I've is... been delicate this week. Can you tell? <laughs> That's all we've got time for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Despite nothing really happening. We've still gone nearly two hours, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, if you would like to talk to us on Twitter, yes, you can talk to me. It's at Real Rob Goodwin. You can talk to Garth at Gothamania. And just in case you missed it the first time, Chris, yours is um, at Candy Chris ninety seven. Okay, fantastic. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at, at Podmania. You can find us on Facebook. It's at Podmania Podcast. You can find us on all podcasting platforms just search us in the box and you will find us including spotify we're on spotify um by complete fucking accident by accident no idea how it happened but we are on spotify so please check that out um leave us a five-star review it really helps the podcast helps us gain exposure thank you so much for listening guys we'll be back on thursday to bring you a kurt angle retrospective with our wrestling classics thank you guys and we'll talk to you guys again soon you've been listening to the podmania pro wrestling podcast follow us on twitter at podmania facebook at podmania podcasts and youtube and instagram at real podmania and check out the website podmania.co.uk until next time wrestling fans 